praise the Lord. Thank you, uh, church. Thank you, Tony. Um, so, churches need pastors, whoever that pastor is, but pastors need churches even more. <laughs> and I am so grateful for this church um, and humbled. And uh, Tony talked about my dad. I grew up at this church from the time I was eight years old. And man, I love being a part of this church family. Um, all the dorky things we do, <laughs> all, the, all the really fun and exciting things we do. Um, this really is a family, and, and it is our desire um, that if, you're, if it's your first time here, uh, that you feel a part of this family. Um, and so I'm, I'm grateful for you, church. I'm grateful for uh, $45,000. Is that right, Tony, and Starbucks gift cards? Yeah, it might not be that okay, okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Um, but, uh, lots of you have, have given cards and, and gifts and, um, I'm humbled by that. And I want you to know, um, that, uh, that, uh, it's a humbling thing for me. And so I'm, I'm grateful. Love you church. Well, we're going to continue our series today called vision, uh, talking about embracing the calling that God has placed on us as a church. And as Tony mentioned this morning, we are all called as individual members of the body of Christ. In the book of uh, 1 Corinthians and in the book of Romans, we're reminded that we are all individual members of one body, the body of Christ, the church, the gathering of God's people. We are all individual members, but as individuals, we make up a body. And while we have an individual calling on our lives, as Tony talked about, we're all called to be missionaries. We're all called to be proclaimers. Last week, we said that the Christian faith is a declaring, proclaiming, open up your mouth and speak kind of faith. It's not, a, it's not just, a, although it is personal, although it is, um, it is introspective, although it is deep and meaningful, it is also external. It is also uh, the things that God is doing in us. We declare those to others. Our faith is not just something that, you know, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know exactly how we got to the point in the Christian faith where there were monks who would just go like sit in a mountain and contemplate the wonder and beauty of God. That's, that's great that we can contemplate the wonder and beauty of God, but if we're not proclaiming the wonder and beauty of God, then we're not doing it right. Uh, because the last things that Jesus told his followers was to go and proclaim, go and proclaim, go and make disciples to the whole earth, Jerusalem, your city, Judea, your, your larger community, your state, your nation, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, to Southeast Asia with Mark and Gurley Johnson, planting churches in Cambodia and Thailand and Myanmar. Y'all know it's, it's dangerous to plant churches in Myanmar. And uh, praise God that people are going and, and being obedient to God. And so uh, as a church, we have a mission and, and a vision that God has called us to together, right? We have an individual calling on our lives, but then as the people of God, as, as a church, we have a specific calling for us in our context, in our community, in our neighborhood. And so we talked a little bit about that last week. We talked about evangelism, and, and I defined that term 
for us. And the definition is simply this, sharing the gospel. What is the gospel? It is the good news of salvation through Jesus Christ. We are called to evangelism. We're called to proclaim the good news of Jesus. In all the gospels and acts, we see Jesus commissioning or sending out his followers. So we, we talked about the importance of being a church that that evangelizes, it proclaims the gospel. We also saw that in, in Matthew 28, Jesus said, make disciples of all nations. And, and so discipleship is, is an important part of evangelism and evangelism is an important part of discipleship. And as we grow in our faith, we proclaim our faith. And we, we, we looked at that last week. Uh, but I, we, we kind of ended with uh, a mission statement and vision statement for our church, just to kind of align our hearts together for what God is calling us to. And so Acts 1.8 says this. Let me read it to you. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. We're going to be in Acts chapter 1 and a little bit in, in chapter 2 today. So if you want to turn your Bibles there, you can do that. It'll also be on the screen and you can follow along there. Acts 1.8 simply says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And based on that scripture, we said that our mission statement, the, the why we do what we do, the why we exist as a church is this, to be people empowered by the Holy Spirit to make a difference in our community and around the world through the gospel and for the glory of God. And we think the most effective way that we can do that is by planting and multiplying churches, specifically in hard places where, um, where, where there are not thriving churches and where people are not excited to go plant churches. And so with that kind of in mind, and if you, didn't, if you weren't here for the message last week, you can watch it online and kind of get all caught up. Uh, but that's kind of our review, okay, to get us to our starting point today. So let me pray, and then we'll get into the message this morning. God, we love you. God, we need you. You are worthy, and we are needy. God, as John reminded us this morning in his reflection through reading yesterday that we are dependent on you in every area of our life. And when we think we got it, we are in trouble. And so Lord, as your church in Orlando, Florida, at 500 South Cimarron Boulevard, we need you. We need you. You have commissioned us, uh, but God, in our own strength and power, we are helpless. We need you, God. Lord, grow in our hearts a recognition of our need for you every moment, every second. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we're gonna sing, okay? Some of y'all know this song and some of you don't, but if you, so let's just sing. Lord, I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour I need you, you're my one defense, my righteousness. Oh God, how I need you. 
and I got it mixed up with the other one, so we'll sing that too. I need thee, oh, I need thee, and every hour I need thee, oh, bless me now, my Savior, I come to thee. We need him. This morning, we are going to look a little bit at kind of the, the how do we accomplish this mission and vision that God has given us. And I think it's important that the how comes from Scripture. Um, we, like to, uh, we like to find um, ways to do things. We like to find life hacks. Anybody, anybody into life hacks, right? You, you, anybody look that up on, on Google? How do I get my couch clean, right? And you watch the videos. I, I mentioned that one because I looked that up yesterday and I came home and I told her, hey, babe, I figured out how to clean the arms on our, on our couch. And last night I did it and it worked and I was so excited. It was incredible. <laughs> I, it was 10 o'clock at night and I said, hey, 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 check this out. I mean, look, when you're married and in your 40s, when the kids go to bed, you clean the couch. That's just, you know. <laughs> there is romance in cleaning couches, I'm just saying. Um, but we like to, to find out how to do things, right? We, we, we like to find shortcuts if we can find them, right? And so um, there is nothing more important then what God does through his church. And he gives us instructions in scripture and sometimes they just seem too simple and so we say there must be another way. And so, and so we come up with strategies and we come up with things um, that, that make sense but they're not necessarily God's plan for us and, and we're gonna talk about this a little bit. It's important to have strategies and it's important to have a plan. But this morning we just wanna see simply what God did in the life of the first church, his church in Jerusalem. And so we're going to look at Acts chapter 2, and uh, next week we're going to look at a little bit more of this passage, but for today we're just going to look at two verses. So Jesus told his disciples, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That was Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And Luke, uh, the end of the Gospel of Luke, Jesus told his disciples, wait in Jerusalem for the thing that I've promised you. That is the Holy Spirit. And then in Acts, he tells us, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And so, guess what the disciples did? They waited in Jerusalem for the promise of God through the Holy Spirit. And they didn't know what that meant. They didn't know when it was going to happen. They didn't know what to do. And so they went to this upper room, probably the same upper room where the disciples gathered for the last supper with Jesus when he washed their feet. There was about 120 of them, Scripture says. The disciples and now the family of Jesus, his, his mother and his brothers. By the way, his brothers did not believe that he was the son of God when he was on earth. But when he rose from the dead, they were like, oh, okay, I get it now. And all of a sudden, his br brothers who grew up with him said, this is the son of God. And they worshiped him. And they, 
James says, I am a follower of Jesus Christ, not just the brother of, but a follower of. And they were gathered in this upper room and it just says that they were united in prayer. Acts chapter one, verse 14, they all were continually united in prayer. These 120 people, just a, an extended prayer meeting in this upper room. They probably sang some songs and they probably read some scripture out of the Old Testament and they did a lot of praying. Probably a lot of wondering. I wonder how long we're gonna wait here in Jerusalem. I, I, wonder, I wonder what it means that, that Jesus is gonna send the Holy Spirit. I, I wonder what it means that he wants us to go to the ends of the earth. I, I wonder. And, and, and so they took their wondering and they took their questions and they turned them into prayer. And they prayed and they prayed and they prayed. And the day of Pentecost came and Acts chapter 2 tells us that the, the Holy Spirit came and fell on that place and empowered the people. And they went out the doors and there were all these people gathered from the ends of the earth. And Peter, the disciple, started to preach the good news of Jesus Christ and people came to salvation that very day. Then it tells us throughout the, the uh, chapter, Acts chapter 2, it tells us that people came to faith, and then it tells us about this church that started there in the city of Jerusalem with these new believers and, and those who had been following Jesus. And in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it, it, it says this. Uh, it's pretty straightforward. It just says, they... Who's they? That is these followers of Jesus. Those who had followed Jesus through his earthly ministry, his mother, his brothers, men and women, and now several new believers who gave their, their heart to Christ on the day of Pentecost. They, these people who had called on the name of Jesus, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Who were the apostles? That was the 12 disciples, minus Judas, the 11 disciples, and they added a new one. These were the apostles, and they were teaching the people what Jesus had taught them. And they were devoted to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, that is, gathering together, to the breaking of bread, that is, eating together, and to prayer. And so this morning, as we consider how we accomplish the mission and the vision that God has given us, I just want us to use this as... As our, as our starting point. And the first thing that we must do if we want to accomplish the mission and vision that God has given us is to pray. Pray first. Pray first. Pray first. What's the first thing we do? Pray. Oh, that was good. Let's do it one more time. What's the first thing we do? Pray. All right, good. Pray first. Look, Jesus, he, he is risen from the grave. He has given his disciples these incredible instructions that they're going to go into all the world and preach the gospel, that they're going to make disciples of every nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. By the way, I can't wait to baptize some people when we get back in that building. There's some people waiting, and I'm really excited. Please be praying for those chairs, and I know about our seating capacity and our sending capacity, and, and that's true. Also, I would love for those chairs to come. So please be praying for that. Um, so Jesus, he's commissioned his disciples to do all these incredible things. And I know they're excited, right? They, they are looking forward to what God will do. 
But he didn't just, he didn't just say, okay, now go do this and, and here's your evangelism strategy and here's your church planning strategy. Here. He didn't give them a manual of, of you know, all the steps they should take. He just said, you go pray. Pray and wait for the Holy Spirit. And that's what they did. They prayed first. Look, nothing of any lasting significance happens outside of prayer. We can do some good things. We can draw a crowd. We can, we can be nice to people. We can share with people. We can help people. But eternal things, spiritual things, supernatural things only happen through prayer. It's an important reminder that Jesus called his disciples to pray before he called them to do anything else. And as a church, if we are going to accomplish the mission and vision that God has given us, we must start with prayer. We had a sweet time of prayer a couple weeks ago, the first Sunday in October, right over here in the Alive Room. As we prayed through this, uh, um, the prayer of Matthew, where, where Jesus said, pray to the Lord of harvest, that he would send out workers into his harvest. We're gonna have a, a prayer night the first Sunday night in November, November 7th. We're gonna have a prayer night. I hope you'll join us for that time just dedicated to prayer for what God will do through Missions Week. Um, we try to do a prayer meeting every first Sunday of the month on a Sunday night and at just the time of prayer. I, I was, as I was working on my message, I was reminded of, of all that God has done um, through prayer in the life of this church just in the last five years because I've been the pastor for five years and so I know my experience. I, I know that God has done a lot in the life of this church over the last 64 years and, and, and all of that happens through prayer. But I just wanna tell you, uh, when I became the pastor, um, I had no idea what I was doing. I still don't really. Uh, I've, you know, you kind of get more comfortable that you're, that, you know, uh, but... Um, but prayer was all I had. And, and for those of you who were here in those days, we were, it was a hard time in the life of our church. There were a lot of questions that I did not know the answers to. And man, prayer was all I had. And I would get in my car and turn worship music up loud and pray and sing. Uh, I love to go down to Lake Davis Park downtown and that's my place where I just walk and pray. And I did a lot of prayer walks there. I remember having a prayer service on a Wednesday night over here in the small auditorium. And I just got up that night and said, church, I don't know what I'm doing. And if God doesn't do something, then we're all in trouble. I know I'm in trouble. And we had a, a I don't know how to describe it, just a sweet, incredible time of prayer that night. And that next Sunday, I, I preached a message about prayer there's a king in the Old Testament. His name is Asa. And uh, Asa faced a really difficult circumstance where, uh, where um, the Amalekites were this nation that were enemies of Israel. And they were attacking with a huge army. And, and, and they had Egypt along. And, and uh, Asa said, God, I, we're about to get wiped out. We need your help. And God delivered them. And it tells us that Asa, he, he was continually seeking God. And then a little bit later in his life, once he kind of got comfortable and in the routine of being king, um, he was the king of Judah and the nation of Israel decided they were going to attack. Now, Asa, instead of praying, it says that he called on some other kingdoms around him and formed an alliance so that they could 
fight off the Israelites. It, it tells us that Asa refused to seek God. And so we talked about prayer based on this story of Asa and, and why is it that sometimes we don't pray? Why is it that sometimes we don't seek God? And I remember, um, I remember that message and there were a couple things we talked about. Sometimes we don't seek God in prayer because we're afraid that we're gonna lose control. Sometimes we don't seek God in prayer because we're afraid that if he doesn't answer, what does that say about me? Right, I, I, I'm not good enough. And so we just don't pray so that we won't be disappointed. I don't know if anybody's ever done that. Uh, and that service, it was a really weird day. So I'm preaching this message about seeking God and we don't do it because we're afraid of losing control and we're afraid that God might not answer. And this guy stood up in the back of the service. Y'all remember that day? Pastor, this is a good message. I'm glad you're preaching about seeking God. And, and right now, I want us to seek God for this woman who's with me. She's in a wheelchair, and we need to pray that God would heal her. And I had never seen this guy before. The woman who was in the wheelchair next to him, she, was, she did not expect him to do that because I saw her go like that. And I, and, uh, and I wasn't quite sure what to do. That was my first experience with somebody just, it's happened since then. People have just come up to the front and started talking. But uh, this was the first one. And uh, I said, well, thank you. We'll, we'll pray for her. We're about to wrap up the message and we'll pray for her in just a minute. Well, he was not to be deterred. He just pushed that wheelchair right down to the front. Y'all remember this day? Right down to the front and he just fell on the ground and started praying. And I thought, well, if you can't beat him, join him. So I went down and I started praying for this lady too. And some other people came around and we were praying. And I remember as he's pushing this lady down the aisle, like God, this is like we're about to make a big production here and what if nothing happens? <laughs> right? you're like this, you're, uh, we're kind of on the spot here. And we prayed for the lady and, and nothing happened. She didn't get up and walk out of her chair. Um, but God taught me something that day. God taught me that sometimes when we pray, we lose control of the situation. And sometimes he doesn't answer exactly the way we want him to. And uh, the message that I was preaching was perfectly illustrated by this guy who came one time to church and never came again. Because sometimes God does that too, just kind of weird things that teach us stuff. And I was reminded that, man, I'm, I'm not in control. <laughs> God is. And that was really formative for me as a brand new pastor. Um, that God is in control. And that we have to seek him, even if that means we lose control. And even if that means he doesn't do exactly the thing that we thought he would do. And as we prayed, I, I prayed a lot for this community, how God would use us in this community and opportunities to serve in this community. And we tried a lot of things. We tried to do some stuff with the neighborhood center back on La Costa. And we could never quite get anything going. We even had them show up one Sunday. And Tony and a lot of people were there to volunteer. And there was just a lot of red tape. And we could never find ways to serve there. And uh, we met with the school, Inglewood Elementary, and trying to find some ways to serve. And we just could never quite, just never quite worked out. And we were trying, we were doing our best and doing all these things, trying to find inroads to serve in our neighborhood, to serve in our community. And I remember uh, it was Mother's Day, probably four, three years ago. And Brooke, my wife, went and met with Inglewood Elementary just to say, hey, is there anything we can do for the moms in your school? And they say, eh, maybe, but we really need somebody to do a fall festival, or I mean a spring carnival for us. 
we need some sponsorship for that. And um, we've never had one before because we don't have extra money to do that kind of stuff. And so Brooke came back and told me, and I said, yeah, let's do it. And I, I came to you on a Sunday morning. I said, hey, we need to raise about 2,500 bucks to rent a bunch of inflatables and hot, get hot dogs. And, and you, you gave the money immediately, and as you always do, because you are such an incredibly generous church. So we go and do a fall festival. We had all kinds of volunteers. We had a tent for moms, and we were painting fingernails and giving out cupcakes. And uh, a guy named Gonzalo Bustamante, some of you may remember Gonzalo, he grilled all of our food that day. Um, Gonzalo passed away uh, about two weeks ago of cancer. He fought cancer for a long time. And last Sunday, Arthur preached his funeral service while we were here having our service. But he served with us that day to, to cook hot dogs and hamburgers, and we gave him out for free. And it was an incredible day. It just great being with our community. The principal said, hey, pastor, would you come just say something to the school? And I said, sure, no big deal. Just said, hey, we love you. We're glad to serve you want to be a, a, a resource for you and want you to know we're available. We love you. We're praying for you. And then Pastor Carlos Quintana got up and said something in Spanish. And as Pastor Carlos was talking, the principal said to me, hey, would you pray? And I said, yeah, sure. And didn't think much of it. I, I, I do a lot of praying publicly as a pastor. So I didn't think anything of it. So I got up and I prayed. And then Pastor Carlos prayed in Spanish. And as he was praying, I was standing there and I just thought, oh, this is the thing we were praying for. That I was so frustrated that wasn't happening and all this red tape and all these roadblocks and all these things. And all this, I mean, we had tried everything, right? All of the things that we knew to do. And, and we even thought, what if we did a cool Mother's Day thing? And, and, and they said, nah, we have a different idea. And that's how God works. We pray and we work and we strive and we do all these things. And then God says, I, I, I got it. I got it, okay? And so we show up that day, and at this public school, they ask us to pray. And from that time forward, we started an incredible relationship with them. We started an after-school program, and we started some other, other things with the school, and, and COVID shut all that down. And we didn't know what to do next, and so God allowed us to start some ministry out here on, on the street on 436. And praise God, there's guys here today who have been saved and transformed through that ministry over in Pastor Carlos' service right now, there's probably five or six people who we talk to and, and pray with on Fridays. There's guys in this room right now who God has saved and transformed their life. And we didn't come up with any of that. It just fell in our lap because we don't know what we're doing. But if you pray, God leads. And Arthur is about to plant a church in Sanford and it started with a prayer meeting in the back of this restaurant called the Colonial Room and there was about three people and they prayed. Praying with three people, sometimes it's sweet and sometimes it's awkward, right? Because you want more people in the room and when there's not more people, you're like, well, I guess we just pray. And they prayed and they prayed and they prayed for weeks and then God opened the door and God has done incredible things. And Adam is sitting right down here on the front row. And God radically transformed Adam's life through that ministry. And now there's people sitting over here who are going to be a part of, of uh, Restoration Church in Sanford. And God is doing incredible things. And it starts with prayer. We pray first. Tony and Kelly, they came down to the front of the church and they just prayed. They didn't know what they were praying. Kelly just said, well, God, whatever you want to do, do that. And then God sent them to Romania with four little kids and God used them. Uh, and and I've, I've talked to Tony and there were some frustrating early days when they had a plan for what they were gonna do. 
And even the church people in Romania shut it down. They went, we don't want you doing that here. And so God opened up this door with the Romanian gypsy people for them to start an incredible ministry. And I've got to see the churches that God has planted through their ministry. And it started with a simple prayer. God, we're not sure what you want to do, but we'll do it. So if we want to be a part of what God is doing in this church, if we want to be a part of the mission and vision that God has given us, we pray first. We pray first. The thing is, it's easy to get into a groove. Right? We pray and then God starts to move and then we get comfortable with the new thing that God is doing and then we just kind of get in a groove. Pretty soon that groove turns into a rut. And we forget. And this morning I just want to remind all of us, mostly I want to remind myself, that when we will seek God and recognize that he is worthy and we are needy, God will move. And when we seek him. And church, I gotta be honest, I've, I am distracted. This is a distracting season of life. COVID, we all know that's crazy for everybody. And then we thought, hey, let's do a building renovation right in the middle of all this with shipping delays and stuff. <laughs> Woo! It is, uh, I, it's a blessing. You gave incredibly to accomplish this thing that we, that we believe that God called us to do. Just, you know, um, but it's, it's been hard. I've been working up here a lot of days. I'm, I'm learning all kinds of new skills, pulling cables and building out stage decks. And there's so many people have helped. Steve Kipnick has been up here all kinds of hours, comes straight from work and brings his son, Jack, the other night, me and Steve and Jack and my two boys were in there working, and it was pretty cool because I remember when my dad and Steve's dad were working, and we were the little boys running around in the room. Um, but but it's, it's dragging out. Y'all know that. We, we thought we were going to be in there lots of weeks ago. We're still praying for November 7th. Um, but it's a distraction. Uh, just... Uh, the busyness of life, the busyness of ministry, it, it's distracting. And I'm telling you that because I know that you're just as distracted as I am. You got stuff in your life. You got hard things in your life. This last almost two years has, has, has not only is there COVID stuff, but there's political, social stuff. And we, I mean, we're, we get so distracted and caught up in all of it. So this morning, I just want to remind you that we got to pray. This morning, I'm reminding myself that we have to pray through all of it. The enemy doesn't have to destroy us. He just has to distract us, right? You, got, you remember those, like, that's, that's like a movie plot in, in, you know, one out of 10 movies, right? There's the, we got to fight the enemy, but there's only a handful of us, and so we have to do a distraction over here. And when they go chase, then we go over here and we do the thing we we're supposed to do. Anybody know what I'm talking about? We watched some kid movie last night with the kids about, and there was a mummy, and there was a, they had to, just, anyway. <laughs> Disney Channel movie. They had to distract the bad guys while they tried to save the day. Well, we have an enemy, and he is, he can destroy us. 
He tries to all the time. But he doesn't have to destroy us if he can distract us. What does he distract us from? He distracts us from the most important things, prayer and the word and worship, gathering with God's people. And we get so distracted that we just become totally ineffective. I just realized my countdown clock is not moving up here, so I have no idea how long I've been going. But I've spent a lot of time on that first point. What do we do first, church? We pray first. Acts 2.42 says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Acts 1.14 says that they were gathered continually, unified in prayer. Here's the second thing. These next two will be really quick, I promise. Grow biblically. Grow biblically. We've got to grow biblically. There are no shortcuts to spiritual growth. There are no life hacks for spiritual growth. It's slow and steady. It's taking the right next step. It's just taking the right next step. Whatever God calls you to do, you say yes. And you do that thing no matter how big or little it is. And sometimes I've found in my life until I say yes to the thing that God has called me to do today, I'm not moving. I'm just stuck here until I say yes to that thing. And I, and I see incredible things over there. But he just said, hey, until you go talk to your neighbor, you're just, you're going to be here. There are no shortcuts to spiritual growth. We don't get to like, it's not like shoots and ladders where, you know, you get to kind of skip rungs on the game board. You just got to be obedient to take the right next step, one foot in front of the other. The apostles' teaching, it says they were devoted to the apostles' teaching. For us, that's scripture because the New Testament is the apostles' teaching. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, all of the epistles of Paul written to the churches, the book of Revelation written by the apostle John, the book of James written by James, the book of Hebrews written by somebody, we're not exactly sure who, uh, but one of the apostles. We have the apostles' teaching recorded, preserved for us. So we have to be devoted to God's word. Daily Reading, growing in God's word. We have to grow biblically. We need each other. What says they were devoted to fellowship. If you are not consistently attending church, the gathering of God's people, attending the gathering of the church, you will not grow spiritually, I promise. There's great resources out there. You can read all the books. You can watch all the sermon videos. But you need to be with people, real people. And if you're watching online, I am glad you're watching online, but I hope you get here because you need to be around real people. And it's a great resource, but you need to be around real people who can touch you and speak to you. And I know we got people chatting with you online and I praise God for all that. But we need each other. We need people to say, hey, how you doing? Face to face. And then they go, no, seriously, how you really doing? We need that. We need people to say, I've missed you. Hadn't seen you in a little while. And we bristle and we get offended a little bit by that stuff, but we need that. We need people to call us out sometimes. And that only happens when you're around people. Growing biblically means we're devoted to God's word. We're devoted to gathering together, devoted to prayer. And the last one is embrace community. The third one, we're gonna do three more next week. Pray first, grow biblically, embrace community. Again, spiritual growth 
requires people being in your life, people knowing your business. Not everybody. I mean, you don't have to walk around with a pamphlet. Hey, let me tell you about all the baggage in my life if you would like to peruse. I mean, if you want to do that, don't do that. Just don't do that. But you need to tell somebody, somebody that's in your life. So going to a counselor and going to a therapist, those are good and helpful things. And sometimes we think, I'll just go tell this stranger about my stuff because they're a stranger. And I, it's just a professional relationship. And that's good. But you need somebody who's not a stranger. You need those people too. More importantly, you need those people who, who are with you every day, who, who can hold you accountable, who can remind you. We need to embrace community. We need to be around each other. Did you know that the most important relationships in your life are relationships with other followers of Jesus? Let me just say, uh, I have four kids and I am blessed to be a part of a Christian family. My parents are believers and my siblings are believers. That I, don't, I do not take that for granted. That is an incredible blessing. But if my family were not believers and something happened to Brooke and I, we would want our kids to go live with somebody who were believers, even if it wasn't our family. Because family's important, but the family of God is more important. It's, that's a true, real thing. I care more about my kids' eternity than anything else in their life. And so, that wasn't in my notes, and I don't know if that made sense to you, but we need believers in our life. Our most important relationships, the relationships that we invest most deeply in should be with other believers. And I'm not saying ignore other people who are not church people. Don't do that for sure. But there is something about the family of God. Uh, yeah. Pray first. Grow biblically. Embrace community. Next week, we're going to look at three more principles that are in Acts chapter 2 and, and the following verses. This is not a deep message today. This is a simple message and just a reminder. God has called us as his people. He has given us a mission. He has commissioned us, sent us to be a people empowered by the Holy Spirit to make a difference in our community and around the world through the gospel and for God's glory. And we believe as Orlando Baptist Church that he has called us to do that by helping to plant churches, multiplying churches in hard places. The way we do that is through prayer, biblical discipleship, and community. And next week we're gonna look at three more principles. But today what I want us to do is to pray. And um, I'm gonna ask you to pray right where you're at, but I really want you to pray. I'm gonna pray to kind of get us moving, but then I want you to pray. Now, if there's somebody next to you that you wanna pray with, 
then I would invite you to do that because there's power in praying together. Um, if you don't want to pray with the person next to you, then don't do that. And if the person next to you asks if you want to pray and you don't want to, you can say, no, thank you, and that'll be okay. Let me just take the, all the awkward out. So uh, if the person says no, that's okay. It doesn't mean they don't like you. They just want to pray by themselves. And if a person asks you, you don't have to feel obligated. You can pray by yourself. But if you want to pray with the person next to you, that'll be great. <laughs> And I just want us to pray that God would grow our hunger for prayer to, to recognize our neediness for him. That he would help us to, to grow biblically, to be devoted to biblical growth. That we would embrace community. So I just want us to pray that. We're going to take three minutes that's going to feel like a long time. But we're going to pray. And if you're praying with the person next to you, go ahead and pray out loud. That'll be okay too. So God, we thank you. We love you. We need you, Lord. We need you. We need you. We need you. God, we are desperate for you. And God, if we don't feel desperate for you, make us feel desperate for you. Grow our hunger and thirst for you. Lord, we can't do anything without you and we're fooling ourselves if we think we can. Lord, help us to be dedicated to spiritual growth, biblical growth, to your word and to discipleship with others, accountability. Lord, help us to embrace community, to embrace each other, to invest in each other and challenge each other and encourage each other. Lord, we sang it earlier, but we want it to be true that your kingdom would come and your will would be done.